When I was in high school, there was a particular class period where the, the teacher paused all the lesson planning. She said, let's talk about life skills in general. We're gonna talk about what you need to know for resumes after you get out of college, what you can do in a job interview. And one of the things that she always told us was ask questions. You're gonna always answer a lot of questions when it comes to getting a job interview or what have you, but ask questions as well. Know what you're getting into. Know all the details, know everything. I mean, think about it. Who goes to a job interview and they say, okay, show up at this day at this time, no questions asked, see you then. Who actually would take that job? It could be great. You could work, you know, half an hour and make $100,000 that week. You could also work 80 hours and make maybe $5. If you don't know the details, nobody's going to go after it. There's a part of the human heart that wants to know every detail, every answer, every little aspect of what we're getting into. If we don't have all those details, or if something doesn't seem like it's easy, if it doesn't seem like we can benefit from it or really put into anything with it, who would go after it? Probably none of us. Why then do we read all the readings this Sunday and get this sense that God is kind of distant and far off? He's not really approachable. He's very impersonable. In the first reading, the book of wisdom, again and again, when it talks about, you know, thinking of God or knowing about God, who could know? Who could fathom? Who could seek? Who could really get this thing down and understand it? Who could really know God? So why try? Fast forward to the gospel. Jesus says not once or twice, but three times with certain conditions, we cannot be his disciple unless X, Y, or Z. There's no suggestions. There's no, you know, this is what I'd like. This is just a helpful resource. No, definitively, you cannot be my disciple. You cannot be a follower of mine under any circumstance if you don't do this. Who could hate his mother and father, wife and children, brother and sister, even himself? Who could pick up his cross and perfectly follow after the Lord? Who could do all these things? Not many of us. So why then should we keep trying? Why come to Mass? Why be part of the church if it's so impossible to know and to love God? Jesus is actually giving us the answer this Sunday as to what it means to be a disciple, what it costs, what it entails, and what is demanded of us. It's not really to discourage us. If anything, it's to encourage us, saying that on your own you can't do these things, but remember... With man, nothing is possible. Apart from me, you can't do anything. Nothing. But with God, all things are possible. See, what happens is Jesus invites us into this building up of his kingdom. He talks about this, this king and this builder in a very, very short parable in the gospel today. And he says, who would sit down and calculate the cost of trying to build this big tower that they want and then still continue to build if they didn't have the resources. If that happens, after they lay the foundation, they're going to have to stop and they're going to be laughed at. They're going to be mocked. The only other time, interestingly enough, that St. Luke writes that verb, that word to mock or to be laughed at, is later on in his gospel when it's talking about Jesus and his passion. Jesus being mocked. Jesus being laughed at. 
So there's this profound connection between what Jesus is saying, somebody who cannot finish the work after the foundation is started, can't build up the building, and then what he actually did. Is Jesus incapable of completing the work of salvation? No, he made the sacrifice complete on the cross. It is finished, he said. All things have been handed over to me. He is very capable. He did complete the work, but he established the church. He laid the cornerstone. He put the foundation out there for us and now invites us into the work of salvation. Not just building up the kingdom, but actually going and saving souls. Think about that. Very different job title, if you will, when you look at it that way, that we're not called to just go and to be disciples. We're not called to just go build up the kingdom, but to go out and to save souls. On our own, that's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. But something is still off. It doesn't quite make sense. Why would Jesus invite us into this action of building up his church, building up his kingdom, if he knows we're gonna mess it up? We're sinful. We're imperfect. We try to weave in and out our own conveniences, our comforts, our provisions, what we want, and we tend to make things kind of messy. Why then does he still want us to participate in this? Because he wants us to have a place in that kingdom. That's not just a happy thought that we hope to aspire to. Before Jesus ascended, he told his apostles, I'm going before you to prepare a way for you. I'm going to prepare your place in heaven. You have it already. That place is yours. It has your name on it. He invites us then to make it home, to make it ours, to build up that kingdom. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not, we're always going to be building one kingdom or another. We're always either going towards God or away from God. We're building up the kingdom of heaven or we're building up the kingdom of death. And when we die one day and stand before the just judge, God himself, we're going to have to call one of those kingdoms our home for all eternity. It's kind of dawning to think about it. but There's a certain joy and hope and peace that we should have when we think that heaven is our destiny. Heaven is our destiny. St. Paul writes in the New Testament, our citizenship is in heaven. Not here on earth, not at LSU, not Louisiana, not whatever country we're going to live in, not even the church. Our citizenship ultimately is heaven. And we have a role in building that up. Why? Because the Lord wants us to help. He doesn't need us. We're going to mess it up and make it messy. Look at 2,000 years of the church's history. It's going to continue to be messy. But out of sheer love and trust in us, he still gives us everything that we need to build it up. Will we be mocked like he was? Probably. Are we going to miscalculate things and sometimes feel like we can't finish the job? Absolutely. But there's always hope. There's always the possibility there's always the chance for us to put down the burden of our sins, our brokenness, our inconveniences, to put down all those things that hold us back, take up our cross and follow after him. There's always going to be the opportunity to put ourselves on the back burner and put Christ first. Because when we have our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, his kingdom is the only one we're able to build. He's given us the blueprint. He's given us what this discipleship means. 
to be intentional about that, to have a living relationship with him. Not just one that stops at, yes, Jesus, you are my Lord, I love you, I'll see you every Sunday, I'll come visit in adoration, but to have this living, flourishing, breathing relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the bare minimum of how we build up the kingdom. From there, we're sent. From there, we commission to go out into the school places, in our workplaces, on campus, our homes, to bring him into all of it, to build up that kingdom, to do damage to the kingdom of death, and to build up the kingdom of life. That is our citizenship. It's a heavy burden, but weigh the cost of it. Go back to that advice that actually I never actually had to use from my teacher in high school because I went straight to seminary after high school. I never did job interviews. But you still have to ask that question. What's in it for me? What's it going to cost? What is this whole discipleship thing about? Lord, if you're offering me this quote-unquote job of building your kingdom, what is it going to cost? And he answers that question. Everything. If it's going to cost everything, what's it going to benefit me? What good is it for me? Same answer. Everything. Eternal life. A life of peace and a life of abundance that he provides. But it doesn't start and we'll never reach that and we'll never even start to see the fruit of it unless we get to work. To know him personally, intimately. To give him the freedom to give us what we need to build up that kingdom. And then to do so. You cannot, he says, you cannot be my disciple. You cannot build up the kingdom. You cannot have your citizenship or your residence in heaven for eternity. You cannot do that unless you deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Thank you for listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. The ministry here is possible thanks to our generous supporters. If you would like to become a CTK Golden Giver, or learn more, please check our website. Your monthly financial support reaches hearts across LSU's campus and beyond. Details can be found on the website at ctklsu.org.